This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. All right. Parshish Shmos 5781, Perak Dalit, One of the strangest psukim that could ever be talked about in a Parshish year. There's really like, I, I, there's so much here. The Pasuk says, Vayi baderach bamalon. So Moshe Rabbeinu was on the road coming to the hotel. He was met by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by Yavakesh Hamiso. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to kill him or wanted him to die. What a strange Pasuk. This is on his way to Mitzrayim, not from Mitzrayim. On his way to Mitzrayim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu met him and wanted to kill him. What in the world happened here that made HaKadosh Baruch Hu want to kill Moshe Rabbeinu? So obviously it's a strangely worded Pusik. And what makes it even stranger is the fact that it uses Yud Kei Vav Kei. Vayif Hashem. Hashem is the name that we use for Rachamim. The name that we use for the mercy of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Yet this would be the definition of Midas Adin, wouldn't it be? How else would you define it? It's the definition of Midas Adin. How could this be called Yud Kei Vav Kei? How could that possibly be? So the first things first. Rabbeinu Bachaya says Hashem's name here is used to describe a malach. It's not referring to the spheros, he says, and it's not referring to a Kaddish Baruch Hu himself. It refers to a malach. And we see this elsewhere. Avram vino by the Akedah, for example, at the very end, HaKadosh Baruch Hu called out to him in the form of a malach. And it could very well be that the beginning when HaKadosh Baruch Hu called out to him was really to a malach itself because it was being sent to do the ratzon of Hashem, the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the shame of Ayah could be used for it. He says that the malach, the Rabbeinu Bechayah says it was Gavriel. We know Gavriel, the malach of Din. And even though he wouldn't be the malach of Rachamim, Hashem sent Gavriel with Rachamim to let Moshe Rabbeinu know why he was upset. He was not given permission to kill Moshe Rabbeinu unless Moshe Rabbeinu wouldn't figure it out. But Gavriel was the one that was sent. I am five minutes into this year. There is no way you have a question yet. Rashi says it means a malach appeared as a snake. And therefore, the snake, that was the din within the Rachamim. It swallowed him from his head down to his stomach, swallowed all of Moshe Rabbeinu all the way up to there, then again from his feet up to his upper thighs. Sipora realized it must be because of the bris milah, and therefore gave her child a bris because of it, whichever child we'll see soon. Rabbeinu Ephraim even adds, Bamalon Bayif Gesheyu is the gematria of 539, the same as Malach Hadome Lenachosh. That's how the Rabbeinu Ephraim says it. It's from right there. Now, that's all from the Rabbeinu Bechaya and Rashi. We have Gavriel, and we have Rashi saying it was a malach that appeared as a snake. Now, the Shach says it may have been two different malachim, Af and Chema. Af swallowed up from the top down. Chema swallowed him up from the bottom up. Right? And that's what happened. Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to destroy both of them, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu wouldn't let him. According to the Amloyes, he did destroy Chema. It may not have been now, but he did destroy one of the Malachim. But not Gavriel, Afen Chema. Again, Malachim of Din to destroy Moshe Rabbeinu. Yalku Ruveni, number 241, goes with Gavriel. He says that Gavriel appeared as a pillar of fire in order to destroy Moshe Rabbeinu. And the fire looked like a snake. We see that fire might have an appearance of something else. The Gemara in Yuma tells us that the first base of Mikdash looked like a lion crouching on top of the Mizbeach. In the second base of Mikdash, it looked like a dog. This fire, the Malach of fire that appeared right in front of Moshe Rabbeinu, looked like a massive snake. 
Midrash Haggadah therefore says it was the Malach Uriel. Uriel is the fire of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore refers to him, while Medrash Vayosha says it was the Satan that appeared as a snake itself. So Maskil David asks the question, why a snake? Why would it appear before him as a snake the way Rashi says it, or these, the Satan, why would it appear as a snake itself? He says because he was about to go to Paro, the Nacha Shagadol, and he still didn't know everything, he, was, he didn't do everything he was supposed to do. He should have given a bris mila to his son. How could you go to the Nacha Shagadol, to Paro, without fulfilling your chiyuv and what you're supposed to do? Therefore, he had to do it right then. That was the pshad. The Be'er Basada says it's because the Nachash is known for the Orla. They're synonymous with each other, along with the Satan, the Yitzhar, the Malach Amavas. They all go together. Since they're connected to one another, it makes sense that a snake would want to kill him for not doing the bris milah. But obviously it wasn't successful because Moshe Rabbeinu himself was born with the snake and no snake has shaykhis over someone who has a bris milah and hatafa. That's the idea that the Be'er Basada says. An amazing, amazing idea. So we've got so far, it was it Gavriel? Was it Uriel? Was it the Sultan? Was it Afbechema? Was it just a fire? that looked like a snake. We have all those different opinions that are going on over here. The Malbim says another opinion, a sixth opinion, that this is a Malach of Rachamim. Moshe Rabbeinu had not sinned up until this point. HaKadosh Baruch wanted him to die before he had sinned. If the day had gone by and Moshe Rabbeinu would not have given his son a brismila and the day was almost over, that's why he stopped off at an inn. He didn't want to walk around while it was dark outside. So it was almost over. If the day would have passed and he wouldn't have given his son a brismila when he had the opportunity to, that would have been a sin. Hashem didn't want him to go a day with a sin. He wanted him to die before he actually did a sin itself. So he was mamish according to this idea over here. He wanted to allow him to die early so he would die without sin. Sipora understood the message and gave, herself, gave her son a bris milah. But if not for that, says the Malvin, Moshe Rabbeinu would have died that very day. A pillow, an unbelievable pillow. He's on his way to go save Klai Yisrael. But yes, he would have died. Sam Sofer goes on to the Malach that was Chema, the Malach that we set up above, he says it was still Rachamim. He says an unbelievable word. He says the idea, the real name of the Malach Chema is Chum. Chum. I, I, I guess you can see this by every Malach. Every Malach has a Kaddish Baruch who attached to it in some way, like Gavriel, Rafal, Uriel, Michoel, the Kel, the name Aleph Lamed at the end, even the Satan, Sam Kel, Samach Mem Aleph Lamed, has that there. Now they say by Sandal and other Malachim that are a little bit high, that's a little bit interesting. I don't know how that works exactly. But he says, Cham is really Chesmem and Yudhei. The name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is within his name. There is Chesmem and Yudhei. The Yudhei was added on because the Cham, the heat, the fire from this Malach was too great. Says Chesam Sofer, the name Yudhei ended up cooling it down. That's what yud was given by the same way that you probably heard at every Shavar Brachus you've ever been to, where you heard Ish and Isha, and a Yud and a Hey, by the Ish and the Isha, and that's Ish and Ish, and with the Yud and the Hey, we can cool it down. The same idea, that somehow this cooled down the fire. So, so too, if you have it, Chema, it's the Rashi Tevis of Chesed Hashem Mala Ha'aretz. Chesed Yud Kevavke Mala Ha'aretz. And that's the Rashi Tevis in Tilam Lama Gimel Hey. If it's written differently, then it's Yachama, where Yud and He are far away. And the Ches and the Mem are together. The Cham, the Eish, is inside. On the outside, Hashem is separate from one another. 
then it's bad. Then it becomes Yitamu Chatoyim Mina Oretz, where we hope that a Kaddish Baruch who destroys all the sinners from the land. When one is Zilcha to be Mavatol the anger by doing something right, it becomes Cheham, Ches Yud Heimem, which is Ched Vas Hashem Himu Uzchem, Pasuk in Echemiam Perches Pasuk Yud. But that's how the Chassam Sofer says it. So this Malachema was a Malach of Rachmim because the Yud and the He were somewhere close to each other and it stands for Chesed Hashem Malal Aretz. So even though there was anger, there was destruction in the Malachema that was there to destroy Moshe Rabbeinu, but Yud He was there to be able to cool it down. That's how the Chassam Sofer says it. Beautiful. And that's why the shame of Rachmim is included over here. The Orachim Kadosh says the Malach could not kill Moshe Rabbeinu completely because he was a shliach mitzvah. And as we know, shluchim mitzvah in inizokin. If you are a shliach to do a mitzvah, you will not be hurt. The mitzvah he was doing created a Malach that protected him and did not allow the mashkas to go near him, even if he messed up with Brismila, which we'll see later soon whether that was or wasn't. He was actually traveling. The Malach couldn't come anywhere near him. When he stopped traveling for that moment, even though it was still to rest in order to go further, nonetheless, that would have been the time when he could have been hurt. And that's how the Orachai Makarish says the Malach came close because he stopped for a little bit while traveling. That was enough to be able to make something happen. Okay, all of that is on the Malach and how the Malach got close. Aksada Kabbalah wonders why Hashem would have tried to kill Moshe Rabbeinu right after he sent him to save the Jews. The Malbim, the Malbim that we just mentioned said that HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mamish wanted to kill him. The others, it seems like there's no way it would have happened. It was Rachamim and he was supposed to learn a lesson and he got the lesson, etc. But the Malbim says he would have died. Moshe Rabbeinu would have died. says Kabbalah. How could it be? In fact, this is such a strong svara. This is what Slalponis, the wife of Manoach, the mother of Shimshon, said. When Manoach and Slalponis saw that Malach and they saw him go up in the fire, she turns, her husband turns to her and says, we're going to die. We're going to die because we just saw a Malach face to face. We saw a Malach, we're going to die. And Slalponis said, why would Hashem have sent us a message to have a child named Shimshon and then kill us? It's ridiculous. Nobody would do that. Why would there be a message sent if God was going to kill us anyway? Moshe Rabbeinu here as well. Why would Hashem have spent seven days convincing him to go to Mitzrayim and then kill him before he even got to Mitzrayim? It makes absolutely no sense. Additionally, what does it mean by Vayavakesh? Vayavakesh Hamiso. He wanted him to die. He wanted him to, to kill him. Well, God doesn't need to want anything. Either God kills or he doesn't kill. What does it mean by Yavakish Hamiso? What's the wording? So he answers, Ksavah Kabbalah says, once Moshe Rabbeinu realized what he had done wrong, he had been over on the Ratzon Hashem, he considered it such a terrible breach. Moshe considered it such a terrible breach. He said, Oy vey, I messed up here. I can't go on. This is unbelievable. Once by Yavkesheyu Hashem, Hashem turned to him and said, Moshe, you made a mistake. You should have given your son a bris milah. How could you not give your son a bris milah? At that moment, at that very moment, that's when he all of a sudden say, Vayivakesh hamiso. He wanted to die. This is not Hashem wanted to kill him. He thought himself, Oy vey, I should die rather than face Hashem's wrath. Not a malach. Vayivkesheyu Hashem, as Hashem told him he was wrong, Vayivakesh hamiso is Moshe Rabbeinu himself. Wanted to die. What an unbelievable pshat. All the Rishonim we set up above was all about a Malach or a Kaddish Baruch Hu in some way, shape, or form. This is Moshe Rabbeinu himself begging HaKadosh Baruch Hu to let him die because he had done something so wrong. How could it be? You can't let me keep going. I can't save the Jews if I just messed up. What an unbelievable pshat. Shlomo, what were we going to ask before?
Louder, louder. Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. And we'll get to another answer of Vayvakesh Hamiso soon, but this is an absolute brilliant shot. But it doesn't work with any of the other Rishonim. It's possible. Yeah, it's possible that such a thing could be. Let's get to a little bit more, a little bit more before we get to that. Okay, was it Moshe Rabbeinu that the Malach was really trying to kill? This is actually a machlokas that's brought in Nidorim, Lamed Aleph, Amun Beis. Lamed Aleph, Amun Beis, and Nidorim, the Gemara brings two opinions. The first opinion is that, of course, the Malach was trying to kill Moshe Rabbeinu for not giving the bris milan timely and not doing the right thing. But Rav Shmuel Bar Chofni and Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, the Nasi of Klai, so the father of Rabbi Nasi, they both say that the Malach slash snake was really trying to kill not Moshe Rabbeinu, because Moshe Rabbeinu was going to save the Jews. How could you kill Moshe Rabbeinu? There's no way you would kill Moshe Rabbeinu. It was Eliezer, the child, that was in trouble here. He was the one swallowed up. The Malach swallowed up the baby from the top down to the erva, and then from the bottom up to the erva. So, so that's how Tzipora realized that the child should get a bris milah. But it was really there. Marl Diskin says no matter who it was, this was not a real attempt at killing Moshe Rabbeinu or the baby. The sin was not great enough to warrant such a crazy response. Just because he didn't give him a bris milah, because he stopped for a second in order to sit in an inn, that's ridiculous. There's no way that should be enough, says the Marl Diskin. This was a warning that you have to do something now. And that's why the Malach could not finish the job. That's what it was done on purpose. Whether it was Moshe being, Moshe Rabbeinu being swallowed up or the baby. But either way, there was no way that Moshe Rabbeinu was actually going to be killed. And that works with almost all the reason we said above. Maybe not the Malbim, the Akron that we said above. But it still works. So where was Moshe Rabbeinu then? Wait a second. If it was the baby that was trying to be killed, then why wouldn't Moshe Rabbeinu do the bris milah? Why wouldn't Moshe Rabbeinu give the bris milah right then? Especially because what, what was he doing? He wasn't the one being swallowed up. So Ibn Ezra says that Moshe Rabbeinu was very sick at the time. Moshe Rabbeinu got sick. He was ill. He was sitting there with a fever. Not sicky, you know, the fake sick that people get. Real sick. And he was sitting there and he was swallowed. Not, not swallowed up, but he realized that he couldn't give the bris himself and therefore he sent Sipora to do so. There's machlokis in whether Sipora actually did so. Or whatever, but that's the idea behind it. The Baletosas say the same thing. The Rabbeinu Bachaya quotes Rabbeinu Hanano that Moshe himself wasn't there. He wasn't in the hotel. He sent his wife and kids ahead on the donkey. They were already at the hotel. He was still walking and trying to catch up to them, but he wasn't there yet. And when the Malach came and tried to swallow the baby, Tzipora had to figure out what was going on because Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't around to tell her. He wasn't there at all. That's the Pshat behind it. And Tzipora therefore did the bris himself. It could be, obviously, there could be other things. It could be that Moshe Rabbeinu went ahead a little bit, stopped off at the hotel, allowed them to be there for a little and then went ahead to go see what was going on, finding Aaron maybe, and then actually coming back. But that's the other answer. The Rabbeinu B'chayah from the Rabbeinu Hanano, Moshe Rabbeinu was not there, so either he was sick or he wasn't there. The Be'er Hated, the Yefei Mara, and the Rush says Moshe did do the bris milah himself. And even though it says Vatichos Tzipora, right, that Tzipora is the one that cut off the bris milahs, Orlas Bena, Tzipora gave him the knife to do so, which is why she's mentioned here. She's the one who gave him the opportunity. He didn't have a, br- a brismila knife. He didn't have anything on him. And Tzipora handed over a knife, and therefore Tzipora is mentioned. But really, it was Moshe Rabbeinu that did it, not Tzipora. And it's interesting. If you look, Vatikach Tzipora Tzor, the Pnei Yoshua points this out in Kedushin, Tzipora is spelled Tzadi Pei Reish Hei, Tzor is Tzadi Reish. She took the Tzor 
out of Tzipora. If you take Tzadi Resh out of Tzadi Pei Resh Hey, you come out with Pei Hey. Pei Hey is Peh. She told someone else to do it instead. And that's what the Pnei Yoshua says, that it actually was done by somebody else and it wasn't done by Moshe Rabbeinu himself. That's the idea. And there are other answers in the Paris Yosef, the Chavatzelos. There's crazy answers out there. But that's one thing over here. So now let's go individually. Now that we know it was a Malach of some sort and we went through all those answers, maybe even Moshe Rabbeinu himself wanted to die. We have the idea of it was either Moshe being swallowed or the baby being swallowed. And we know where Moshe Rabbeinu was if he wasn't able to give the bris milah. The word Vayif Geshehu, God met him. So obviously it sounds like HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to knock into him. Pogash means to meet up with somebody angrily. That's what Pogash means. It's almost like you can count that as like an accident, running into somebody. Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky means exact, says it means exactly that. You meet someone in a harsh way. When you urgently have to sell, tell someone something, Vayif Geshehu, you meet that person. You go up and you make a pegisha between you and that person. He says it means HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted Moshe to know that he was upset with him. To tell him immediately, HaKadosh Baruch Hu immediately met him, said he would know, I'm upset, I want you to know this. That's Vayif Kesheu. The Balaturim says the word Vayif Kesheu actually appears twice in Tanakh, and they're both here. One by here, Vayif Kesheu Hashem, and the other one where Aaron and Moshe meet each other, a couple psukim from now, Vayif Kesheu, they met each other, in the, in the, the Harsinai, the Balaturim says, remember Afen Chema, those two Malachim that tried to swallow Moshe Rabbeinu? He says it was the schus of Moshe and Aaron together. Aaron came there at that moment and both of them together were able to destroy it in the schus that was saved. And that's why Aaron was there. We'll talk about this a little bit later. But Aaron may have been there at the time and that's why Yivkesheu and that's the connection between the two. Now, why did the Malach want to kill Moshe Rabbeinu? We went through this a little bit. The Malach wanted to kill Moshe Rabbeinu, says Rashi, because he didn't give a brismila to his son Eliezer, who had just been born. When was he born? Machlokas. Some say that he was born within eight days of when Moshe Rabbeinu had to leave. Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to leave Midian, but he didn't want to leave without giving a brismila to his son. That's why he took his wife and kids with him, so he'd be able to give his kid a brismila. He couldn't do it before that because it wasn't eight days yet. They had the Mesorah, they have to give it after eight days, so he couldn't give it yet. That's one opinion. Another opinion is that the kid was sickly. And therefore he brought the kid with him because even though travel is also hard in a baby, but he wanted to make sure to give the bris meal and he wasn't ready for a bris meal yet. Therefore he wanted to do it. Either way, Rashi says he brought him for that reason. The Rabbeinu Bechaya says, do you see how precious this mitzvah of bris is? Moshe Rabbeinu delayed just a bit and had a good reason for it. They were traveling. It was dangerous to, to give a bris milah while you're traveling. And yet, look, he was almost killed because of it. That's how amazing it is to do a bris milah, how important it is to do a bris milah on time. The hint to this delay is the word vayihi. Haksavah brings a, a few proofs to this, that the word vayihi means and to delay, to push it off, to not do it immediately. That's what Vayihi means. He gives a bunch of proofs to that. I, I, it's interesting to say it that way. That's what he said. But Rabbi Yossi, in the Gemara, argues that Chas V'Shalom Moshe was not lazy at all. This was not an issue of laziness. That Moshe Rabbeinu didn't give the bris milah on time. He had an issue. If I give my kid a bris milah and then I head out, it's a sakana for the child. I can't let the child be traveling within three days of his bris milah. I can't do that. He said, if I wait three days, give him the bris, or whatever it is, give him the bris and wait three days and then go, Hashem told me to go right now. What am I supposed to do? 
So therefore, he took the child with, did not give him a bris milah, even though he was already chayiv, the kid was already eight days old, did not give the bris milah, and started traveling, and figured at some point, I'll be able to give him a bris milah, at some point, I'll be able to do what I need to do. That's what he assumed, and that's what he was waiting for, he's waiting for a good time. What happened here? He came to the hotel, he should have immediately done the bris milah, and then checked in. He checked in, and then gave his son a bris milah. Even that, that tiny, that minuscule amount of time that he waited, that was enough for him to be punished. That's how the Gemara says in Rabbi Yossi's Pshat. The Ibn Ezra says this is a Kabbalah. They had a Kabbalah. Obviously, they didn't have halachas yet. There was no Torah. But they had a Kabbalah that you don't give a bris milah if the child was sick or if you're traveling. They knew that was so, and that's why Moshe Rabbeinu delayed. The Malach told Moshe Rabbeinu, what's the big deal? Tell your wife to stay at the hotel, and that's it. That's what it should be. The Sforno is the only one that I saw say the exact opposite of everyone. He was in the midst of giving a bris milah to his child. He was in the midst of it. He was giving the bris milah at that moment. When a person gives a bris milah, the Shechina appears. Shechina appears at that moment. And that's what it means by Yifkeshayu Hashem. He was giving the bris milah by Yihi Baderach Bamalon on the road at the hotel. He was doing the bris milah by Yifkeshayu Hashem and Hashem came like he comes to every bris milah. You know, we always hear that Elio Anavi comes to a bris. You ever heard the Shechina comes to the bris? I mean, I guess that's obvious. The Shechina, right? I, it's just strange. It's strange. The Shechina, I've never heard it. But the Shechina comes to the bris. Maybe he says that's the reason why we set up a special chair. Not for Elio Anavi, says this forno. He says it for the Shechina by the bris milah. For the Shechina. Hashem was punishing him because he pushed it off until that moment. He shouldn't have pushed it off until then. He should have given the bris milah earlier. But because he did it now, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was upset that he had to come now while he was baderech bam alone and not before that. And that's why he tried to give by Yvakesh Hamiso. Yeah. Punishment wasn't that he was supposed to, I guess he was supposed to feel in danger. He was supposed to be in that sort of quasi danger. He was doing the bris milah, so it's not yeah. like no, I would assume that the danger was that he had delayed and therefore he was being punished for delaying. What that meant to him, I don't know. I don't know if it, he's going, the Sforno is going with the same measures that the snake swallowed him up or did something. I have no idea. He just said at that moment, the Hashem met him and he was punished. Whatever that means. We have no idea what kind of a punishment that was. And Sipora either finished the bris or Moshe Rabbeinu Sipora helped Moshe finish the bris, whatever it was. But that's how the Sforno learns it up. What an unbelievable Sforno. But however... All of that is going with Eliezer not having a bris. Targum Yonasim Benuzil. And some of the Balitosas says it was Gershom that didn't have a bris. The older son that didn't have a bris mila. Yisro, his father-in-law, would not allow him to give a bris mila to his firstborn child. When Gershom was born, he said, I- I'll let you stay by me, but you cannot give a bris to your kid. And Moshe agreed to it in order to allow his other children to have bris milos. I have no idea, I, I, I can tell you, I, I doubt that this dalacha, can you sacrifice one kid's bris milah so that the other kids will get bris milah, assuming that you can give the first kid a bris milah later on in life? I don't know, it's a strange din, but Moshe Rabbeinu Paskin, yes, and said no, he wouldn't give a bris milah to Gershon, and then Eliezer did have a bris milah, Eliezer was perfectly fine. When they got on the road and they were away from Yisro, they were finally away from Yisro, at that moment, Moshe Rabbeinu should have given a bris milah to Gershon. At that moment, he was away. So it's not because Eliezer didn't have a bris, he did. It's because Gershom, the oldest child, who, was, who knows at the time, three, four, five, we have no idea, 
maybe even 10. He didn't have a bris milah. That's the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu was being punished. Unbelievable. So what was he thinking? Mian Loi says he was planning on giving Gershom a bris milah in Mitzrayim, thinking that would be easier. It's not a baby. He's an older kid now. To give a bris milah to an older kid is dangerous. He can't just do that on his own. I don't know if Moshe Rabbeinu was an expert in something like that. Perhaps he was waiting to do so in Mitzrayim, but he wasn't worried about the traveling issue because he was older. But unfortunately, even that was the wrong decision. Moshe Rabbeinu should have known that he would give the bris milah perfectly fine. That would have been okay. Again, that's something we can know. That's it. The Al-Kuruveni as well. Number 244 says the intention was not for Gershom to serve Avodah Zarah. This is not Yisro's intention to saying, don't give him a bris milah, I want him to worship idols. That Moshe Rabbeinu could never have agreed to, that's ridiculous. That's not what he was saying over here. What he was doing was, avoda shazara lo. He would have been doing things that were a little bit strange to him. Yisro told Moshe Rabbeinu, this is what I want. I want your kid to learn all the other religions. I want him to learn about everything out there in the world and choose Judaism on his own. I want him to choose this religion. I don't want him to just do it. I want him to love it. I want him to be in part of it. And Yisro himself, who had rejected all the other religions, would be a perfect teacher for that. Do you see what they do? That's wrong. Do you see what they do? That's wrong. Do you see what they do? That's wrong. That was the idea. Let Gershom be my student, he said, so that when he grows up, he'll want to do the bris milah, and you're not forcing it upon him. And the svara to Moshe Rabbeinu seemed like it was okay. Let one child, as long as he's by Yisro, then that should work. However, however, there are two things that go wrong with this. Number one, Gershom obviously, right, as soon as you're away from Yisro, you have to immediately give a bris milah because you don't have that teacher anymore. You need to have that teacher who's perfect, who knows Judaism, who can help you along the way and make you reject it and then go through. Without that, who knows it's going to be. But number two, more importantly, there's an effect that that has on everybody. When somebody learns other types of religions and tries to figure out from them why Judaism is the ikker, that affects his mind. Maybe you don't see it, and maybe that person doesn't feel it, but the children feel it. The child of that person has something in them that allows them to think in a certain way. Gershom was unaffected. Throughout his whole life, Gershom seems like he was a big tzaddik. We don't hear about him, which means it seems that Gershom ben, ben Moshe was a tremendous tzaddik, but his son, his child... Yonah's son ben Gershom ben Menashe is mentioned at the end of Shoftim as being the priest for the, the Avodah Zara known as Pesel Micha. He's known as the Ish Levi the whole time. Everybody's like, wow, look at the Ish Levi. You got the Ish Levi. Who was this Ish Levi? He was a faint, the grandson of Moshe Rabbeinu. The grandson of Moshe Rabbeinu, Yonah's son ben Gershom ben Menashe, the known is a little bit up. It's Moshe Rabbeinu, but they wanted to hide it. And that's what happened. How did Yonason go so far off? How did he mess up the teachings of his grandfather? The answer is, it's because of this. That's what happens. If you get involved in these things, what do you expect to happen over here? Rav Schwab talks about this as well. It's a beautiful, beautiful shot. But that's scary. It's scary to get involved in such a thing. Toldos Yitzchak says originally, Sipora agreed to give Gershom a bris since her husband had one as well. But listen to this medrash. He says, when she heard the baby's cries, when she was cut, she said she would never allow that to happen again. Gershom had a bris mila and Sipor agreed to it. But everybody knows that a bris, it's hard to hear the baby screaming out loud, crying, right, with the pain it's there. The mother said, never again. 
and refused to allow Eliezer to have a bris milah. Eliezer was old enough to have a bris, says the Toldus Yitzchak, but he didn't have one because Sipporah wouldn't let Moshe Rabbeinu give him a bris milah. And then when the snake came or the malach came and was swallowing up Moshe or trying to kill Moshe, she realized, I made a mistake. Eliezer needs a bris milah and did it herself to be metakin her sin for holding back Eliezer from having a bris. Unbelievable. So Gershom was the reason why Eliezer almost didn't have a bris, but in the end it was fixed by what happened over here. What an unbelievable medrash. Crazy medrash. Okay. Chizkuni asks, why Moshe would push off a mitzvah with a punishment of kares, bris milah, for a mitzvah that's an assay, go down to Mitzrayim. Go down to Mitzrayim. The line from a culture, the tzivoy of Hashem is an assay. Bris milah is an assay with kares. So why would that be? He says, the kares is for the child, not for Moshe. If you don't give your son a bris, you're over on a regular assay. But the child's over on kares. You can't be over on the mitzvah of Hashem telling you to go down to Mitzrayim in order to save a child from kares. That's not it, because a child could do it later. That, the Chizkuni says, was the right decision to make over there. Mizrahi then asked, if they had not yet received the Torah... I'm not going to go into this, but this is one of those famous kashas. The Torah says, V'chai bahem, which means you have to live in order to do mitzvahs, right? You can't do a mitzvah that's going to kill you. But they didn't have the Torah yet. So maybe you should do a mitzvah if you had to do those mitzvahs anyway, because before the Torah, but it was a certain void that Hashem gave to Avram and all the children kept it. Maybe V'chai bahem shouldn't apply. So maybe you should do the mitzvah even if it's dangerous. Who cares if the child might die in the way? You have a chiv to do that mitzvah. It could be that that's there. The Mizrahi answers it, the Gurariya, the Parshish Drachim, the Nachalas Yaakov. There are answers. There are a bunch of answers. But it's a funny question. It's a funny question to say. Okay. But they were still on the road. They were still traveling. Why was Moshe punished for taking care of travel arrangements? For well, What are you supposed to do? Anybody that's put in this position, you have a child that needs a bris milah, and he knows it. He, it's not like Moshe Rabbeinu forgot this, right? He knew he had a child, he had a bris milah. And yet he's on the road, and he stops off at a hotel. He's going to the front desk, and he's like, hi, I'd like a room. And immediately a snake tries to kill him? What did he do wrong? Now, we said before he should have given it before taking care of the hotel. But realistically, isn't this the right thing to do? Was that really that much of a delay? By minutes? Minutes? Really? Is that what we're talking about? So Mizrahi answers, this hotel was close enough to Mitzrayim, just a day away. It would no longer have been a danger for them if Eliezer would have, given, would have gotten a bris milah right then. Yes, you're not supposed to travel after getting a bris milah, within three days of getting the bris milah. But it was so close, it was like they were there. So yes, in this spot, there was no need to worry about traveling anymore. They should have stopped right then, and that was it. Before then, it was a problem, but that's it. That's Mizrahi's answer. They were as close as possible to Mitzrayim. Rashi, Rush, and the Ran in Nidaram Lamad Alpha Bays all say the exact same thing. They were right by Mitzrayim. They were standing right by Mitzrayim. But the Torah Tamima does not like that answer. Because we see right afterward that Aaron was told to go greet Moshe Rabbeinu. Go to Har Elohim, Aaron was said. Go to Har Sinai and go meet Moshe Rabbeinu. Har Sinai is nowhere near Mitzrayim. Anybody's seen the Sinai Peninsula? The Sinai Peninsula, the Har Sinai is at least a few days away. It's not right by Mitzrayim, it's farther away. Says the Torah to Mima, how could that be? If Aaron then met them in Har Sinai, that means they're, right not, they're not right outside of Mitzrayim, they're far away. The Gurariya calls this Divri Nevius. How does the Mizrahi know this? How does the Mizrahi know that we're right outside of Mitzrayim? But the funny thing is, the Gurariya is saying that 
but it's a Rush, a Rashi, and a Ran in Nidarim. It's Rishonim. The Maral doesn't usually argue on Rishonim like that. He'll argue on the Mizrahi, because the Mizrahi lived only a hundred years, of, within a hundred years of his life. But he doesn't usually argue on the Rush and the Rashi. It's strange for the Maral to say that. But the Maral said, different Nevi'is. Where do they know? Where do they know? They were right outside of Mitzrayim. That's the Canaan. says, this was after they met Aaron. I know that the Psukim, he meets Aaron later. And Aaron comes in and says, what are you bringing these people down to Mitzrayim for? Send them back. This really happened after that. First, Aaron met them in Har Sinai. That's what happened. And he told them you should send your wife and kids back. When Moshe agreed to do so, he should have immediately given his kid a bris milah. They were in Har Sinai. They weren't near Mitzrayim. But he knew that they weren't traveling any further. They were going to go back. He should have told his wife there at that moment, okay, let's give a bris milah. Stay here. When you're ready to go back, go back, says the Tazakanim. That way, that she and the child could rest up at the inn. They would be perfectly fine. Since he didn't do so immediately after Aaron came to him, Therefore, he got punished. And by the way, do you remember? That's the answer why Aaron met him and the Malach met him at the same time. Aaron was there, right there, when this whole thing happened. It was Aaron that caused Moshe Rabbeinu to leave his wife and kids inside that inn. But the Be'er Basada seems to say, the Moscow Dove, by the way, says the same answer. The Be'er Basada seems to say something that I think makes a lot of sense. And it's really hard for me to be able to, to, be able to say this. He says, first of all, it makes sense that Aaron and Moshe met each other at the halfway point. We do not know where Midian was, where he was originally, but we do know that Moshe Rabbeinu was grazing his sheep around Har Sinai. That means Midian is somewhere near the Sinai Peninsula. Where exactly? I don't know. Was it south? Was it north? Was it west, east? I have no idea. But he was somewhere near there. They met each other at the halfway point. Aaron told him, don't bring anybody else with you. That's crazy. Mitzrayim is not what you think it is. And Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to send them back, but they were in the middle of nowhere. It's not like he can send them on a flight and take them back to Midian. You don't leave your wife and kids in the middle of a hotel, in the middle of the desert by the Sinai Peninsula. Nobody is that much of a fool. So here's what happened. Listen, this is brilliant. Aaron and Moshe met each other at Har Sinai. Aaron said, what are you, crazy? Send your wife and kids back. Moshe said, you're right but I can't send them back from here. There's nowhere to go. There's no caravans. So he brought his wife and kids with him toward Mitzrayim a little further so they could find a caravan of people that were going to Midian and send his wife and kids back with them. That's what he ended up doing. So the Mizrahi is right and the Dazdekanim is right. They met at Harsinai and then they traveled a little further until they got right near Mitzrayim waiting for caravans to come out. At that moment, before the caravans came, that's when he should have given his son a bris milah. They're waiting there anyway for a caravan. You might as well give your son a bris milah. Not at Harsinai. That's crazy because there was nowhere for them to go and they had to go somewhere. That's what they should have done. Says the Be'er Basada, that was the point where he should have done it. And that's right. The Panam Yafos answers as well. I have no idea what the Panam Yafos is saying. The Hafla, the Rebbe, the Chassam Sofer. Absolutely no idea. There are other answers. Rechaim Paltiel says, Usvivav Nisara Ma'od. It doesn't make any sense. Moshe Rabbeinu should never have been punished, but that's the way it goes by Tzadikim. When you're a Tzadik, you have to do things better. The tour also gives an answer like that. There's nothing you can do. That's the greatness of a Tzadik, and that's how awesome it's supposed to be to be a Tzadik, and that's that. But the simple lesson to learn says, Tam Vadas says, Rosh Sternbuch, you cannot be a hypocrite. If a person claims, let's say a guy claims, I have no time to learn. You know what Shemayim's going to do? It's not, it's going to say it to me. It's going to say, you had no time to learn? Oh yeah? They're going to show you a time. They're going to be like, why didn't you learn during this time? 
And I can be like, you're right. I should have. If a guy claims, I have no money for tzedakah, you know what they're going to do? They're going to pick up the last time you went to go get a candy bar and say, what do you mean? You have a dollar. Why didn't you give that dollar to tzedakah? You're going to go out to eat. They're going to be like, what do you mean? You had $10 for tzedakah. Why didn't you give that money to tzedakah? If a person claims, I could not give miser, then they're going to take that 10%. They're going to say, here's what you spent your 10% on. You sure you didn't have enough money for tzedakah? You sure you didn't have that? That's what they're going to do. If Moshe Rabbeinu didn't want to do the bris milah because he wanted to fulfill God's word as quickly as possible, says we're Sternbach, then why are you stopping in a hotel? Your excuse, I don't want to do the bris milah because I got to get to Mitzrayim. So don't stop. Keep going. Don't stop anywhere. The fact that you stopped shows that you, don't, you didn't want to go so quickly. If you didn't want to go so quickly, give the kid a bris milah. That's the hypocrisy that Rav Sternbach says over here that's so hard. And that's true. Look at this. I mean, the Torah says that's exactly the problem. The problem is not that he delayed the bris. The problem is he brought his wife and kids in the first place. What do you bring your wife and kids for? You have a mission. And on your mission, you bring your wife and kids. What do you think the wife and kids are going to do? Just wait here, honey. I just got to go save the people. And then I'm going to come right back. That was the mistake, says the Torah more. He was punished not because of the bris he didn't give, but because he allowed them to join him and that would take, that would stare him from what he was doing. The shach says it as well. How in the world are you going to do your job when you're worried about your family the whole time? You're like, hold on guys, I got to change this diaper, then I'll be right with you and I'll take you out of Mitzrayim. You can't do it. And that's exactly what Aaron told when Aaron met him. Aaron looked at him and said, what are you bringing your family for? This is a mission for you. You can't let anything disturb your, your, your presence of mind, your thought process. That was the problem over here. Now the Abarbanel says he was L'shem Shemaim. He meant to do this L'shem Shemaim. Think he would show B'nai Yisrael how sure he was they were going to be saved. I'm even bringing my family. See, my family's with me. We're going to leave immediately. That's why he did it in the first place. But the real issue, says the Abarbanel, is something that we all could have figured out in the first place. Moshe Rabbeinu received Nevuel said any moment, at any moment Hashem could speak to him. There was no way Moshe Rabbeinu could be connected to a family anymore. His mission was to be different from every other person that ever existed. Every other Navi was married. Every other Navi had a family. Every other Navi had missions once in a while, but his main job was his family. That's what he's supposed to do. Of course, when he gets the Nebuah, he has to be there for a Kaddish Baruch Hu. But Moshe Rabbeinu was different and the only one like this. He was told to separate from his wife forever. He was told not to be together with his family, unlike anyone else. That's a hard thing for him to know, says the Abarbanel. That was the issue, and that's exactly what this Pasuk is saying. Remember what you asked before, Shlomo? What does it mean, Vayvakesh Hamiso? Hashem means he was on the derech, on the Malone, taking care of his family. And at that moment, Hashem wanted to speak to him. Moshe Rabbeinu can't take care of his family. He needs to be available for Hashem at all times. So when Hashem, Hashem met him and he couldn't respond immediately because he was in the middle of his family. At that moment, Baruch said, then why am I sending you in the first place? I, he wanted Moshe Rabbeinu to die to realize, and that's unfortunately the way he had to be. is He wanted him to be as if he was dead. As if he was dead. Because only that type of person can do the mission that I need to bring Klal Yisrael out of Mitzrayim. You have to be available 24-7. There is no question. There is nothing else you can be involved with. Says the Abarbanel, that's the issue. Then Nitziv says the exact same thing. Then Nitziv says beautifully, Shal na'alomi Take your shoe off your foot. 
when he reached Harsina, when he first saw the burning bush, meant from now on, shall now your shoes. It means from now on, you're not a human being. You're no longer physically normal. You're not. And I know other Nevi'im are going to be normal. You're not. You will never have a normal life. You're going to have to be with me at all times. You're going to have to be with the Shekhinah at all times. So when you remove your thoughts from the Shekhinah, even for a second, you're gone. You're gone. None of this has to do with the idea of because of the delay of the bris milah. There's no shaykhs to the delay in the bris milah. It says in its you have to be constantly with me, constantly with me, and you have to want yourself to be mace, to have your physical body dead, to move up your spiritual body. And we don't ask this from anyone else. Just a Moshe Rabbeinu. That's what the Nitziv says. And that's what happened. HaKadosh Baruch appeared all of a sudden, caused him to fall underneath his burden, similar to what happened by Makis Pachoros later. Makis Pachoros, God passed by, and the people just died. That's what it was like. Moshe Rabbeinu Hashem passed by, met him, and he wasn't ready. And he just died. And he learned that lesson. He sent his wife and kids away and had nothing to do with them for the rest of his life. Again, no heter for anyone else. But Moshe Rabbeinu had to be on that level for what we need. The Malbim puts them all together. Vayif Gesheyu Hashem. Sounds like he was far away and at the time he was the first time that he'd thought of Hashem in a long time. Like he started thinking, oh, now I got to do what Hashem wants. And therefore, by Yibaderach alone, his mind was on the hotel, and he wasn't thinking about God. He didn't give the bris milah immediately, and therefore, by Yibakisham, he saw Hashem wanted again. So he puts all the pshatim together, the Malbim. That's the idea behind it. What an unbelievable idea. The Mayana Shotora says the lesson is clear. Even though Moshe Rabbeinu was sent to start the Gula and bring the Jews out of Gullus, keeping mitzvos properly is more important than the geula of Klal Yisrael. Do you hear that? It's clear. Bris Mila would have killed Moshe Rabbeinu, even though he's going to bring the geula. Nonetheless, that shows everything can be pushed off or delayed because of a mitzvah that has to be done for the Torah itself, even the geula itself. That's absolutely unbelievable. There's an Aznayim Latori here that I'm not going to mention right now. I'm mentioning a different shear. But I'll end with Reb Moshe. Reb Moshe and Darsh Moshe says Moshe Rabbeinu was technically correct in his reasoning. What he decided to delay because of Brismil, he understood it was, it was done right. That's why the Gemara says about Moshe Rabbeinu, for the only time in all of Shas and Midrashim, Moshe is called Hatzadik in the Gemara Nidarim. Hatzadik. Moshe is never called Hatzadik. That's never mentioned anywhere. But here he's called Hatzadik. A description that's used because he was correct in his reasoning. He was Hatzadik when it came to his reasoning. Even if there was a chance that it would all work out, he had to be Machmer in such a situation of Sakana. And he was right. But that, nonetheless, what he should have done is he should have taken a shortened road. He should have davened for a miracle to occur. But since it didn't happen that way, he didn't do exactly what he was supposed to do. It didn't always happen in the way that he had planned it. Therefore, maybe because he didn't daven the proper way, he didn't do it in the proper way, therefore he was punished. That's Reb Moshe's idea over here of how it happened. So we had some pretty amazing ideas over here. The Malach that tried to kill Moshe Rabbeinu, what ended up happening? The Ksada Kabbalah, the Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to kill himself. What an unbelievable thing over here. Then who was it? Either Moshe Rabbeinu or the kid himself. Where was Moshe Rabbeinu if he wasn't there itself? Rashi's reasoning of which kid, Eliezer versus Gershom, whichever one over here. The idea of being pushed off which mitzvah pushes off the other. How Moshe Rabbeinu was still responsible for what happened over here. And finally, the delay of the bris itself of what happened, how he got to do what he got to do over here. Shkayach, everybody. We'll stop with that. Have a great Shabbos.